0: shit i'm in a song a real song something like
1: let's get it started let's get it started let's get it started in here let's also overlooked for the first
2: one over looking good devonte smith two touchdowns is looking good my first two bets did not hit, so that's great.
1: Over the first two? Bama minus one in the first half? The first Bama quarter? minus .5 in the first half. They scored
2: seven minutes into the second quarter. And Trey Sermon over 109 rushing yards.
1: Dude, Trey Sermon could still – what if Trey Sermon comes back? That bitch ain't coming back. Did you see him? Uh, Dude, what? what an interview, by the way. Dude, he had to have broken his collarbone.
2: He definitely broke his collarbone. He's fucked.
1: Also, this game might take like four hours, four and a half hours at this pace. This game's slow. Well, that's what happens when it's twenty-one to fourteen. How many? With nine minutes left in the second.
2: Before we get another guest on, I'm gonna piss.
1: Go for it. I'm gonna go to
2: James. Keep our five YouTube video uh,
1: watchers uh, entertained. What? What? What am I supposed to do? All right, we'll talk. I got it. I got it. I've already
3: got
4: one. On. It's all right. What's up, man?
0: What's happening? What up? What up? What's been up to? Get that damn hat we're off. My
4: screen. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Just been hanging out a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking, watching this game. Yeah,
0: we're, we're watching it right now. um We've got a couple bets on the board. I don't think Woody has any that he can reach. I have. Yeah, I still
2: got the over bitch.
0: Oh, okay.
4: I have over uh, thirty. On, I gotta,
2: I gotta place a couple more to make this thing interesting.
4: I have. If Woody wins, he should buy uh, a new microphone with his winnings. That's my take. Yes, yeah, I love
2: like my microphone.
4: You're, ear- it, It's <laughs> starting to sound like ass all of a sudden.
2: Yeah. Wait, <laughs>
1: why? Really? I don't really? know.
4: I think you're too I close
0: to it or something. Too close to it, it kind of sounds ear rapey. How about now? No, that's, fine.
4: that's better. Speaking hey, of. Uh, turn from- your
1: screen share off, Jordy. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Hold on. I got to find another. Um.
0: Oh, shit. Uh oh. What do I do now? All right.
2: Placing a new bet. I got both teams scoring 30. 30- P- plus points, minus <laughs> 155. Let's go.
4: I think that's pretty fair. It's a good live bet.
2: Yep.
1: Seems
4: it's uh in. That well, seems I, easy.
1: It like, seems like
4: easy money. I,
2: I thought minus 155 was pretty cheap, honestly.
4: What I've been doing is I've just been hedging my friends' bets because they're all idiots. So every time they put a pick in, I bet against it. And it's worked out pretty good so far during bowl season.
2: Nothing wrong with being a contrarian.
4: Well, the thing is, is that they all think that they know more than me, and then I make money off of them. And then I have the paycheck at the end of the week. So that's how it works. Got to like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it.
1: And then you got to rub it in their face, obviously.
4: Oh, for sure. Now, you got to sprinkle it in there sometimes. You gotta be like, I can't believe that, you know, Indiana didn't cover. You're like, oh, you know, Zimmel doesn't win all the time. But look, two weeks ago, A&M won their game. So congratulations for that, but I bet against one of them. I think it was like uh, I think it was the spread. I think something like that. I made money off the A and M game, and uh, because my buddy thought it was going to be a blowout, and it wasn't. So, well, I don't know
1: what spread you got because we covered all the spreads.
4: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I teased it up. Maybe that's why. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Worked out good for me though. Yeah.
2: What do we think about uh, either team scoring fifty? Four more points minus 250
1: that's tough minus it- 250 for either team scoring 50 i'm staying the hell away from that
2: yeah it's kind of my thing uh oh this is interesting neither or will either starting quarterback not finish the game minus 500 justin fields looks a little banged up out here
0: minus 500
2: minus 500
4: can you can oh you sorry. Add- sorry 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 yeah
2: plus 300 sorry I was looking at no can you
4: get uh, can you get individual player stats because I think that Smith's gonna have over 200 receiving yards. yeah
2: I already got Smith to get uh I got him over one and a half touchdowns most, for, no. most,
4: most of the
0: time uh, I got him,
2: I got it for like plus 180
0: yeah. most of the time those close when the game starts because I think uh yeah. I got, when I was looking at it earlier I didn't take it because it was minus 150 mm-hmm. but it was over 140 and a half and I was like on the off chance that that doesn't happen, I'm gonna have to bet more money to get my. Run. I'm not. It's not worth it. So uh,
1: Devonta already has nine for one twenty-four. Oh know. my god! I think he's
4: gonna have two fifty. I think Jeez. that's a. I think that's a real possibility. is he gets two fifty in this one.
2: Well, the other yardage one I had was Trey Sermon over <laughs> hundred
1: nine yards. So that's fuck my one. life. His, that's his backup's gonna oh. run for hundred and fifty. So yeah,
2: and see what Trey Sermon would have done. I also had Bama to cover first quarter first quarter spread minus half a point and they scored to cover 7 with 7 seconds into the second quarter. So mm-hmm. that fucking sucks too. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's a tough one. Tough luck. Oh. Not a great day so far. What you been doing? A podcasting or no? Uh, yeah, podcasting, freelance writing. I'm writing for this website in uh, Austin, and then the fan side, they've they have a Longhorn deal. Uh, it's called Hook 'em, I think. I don't know, but I'm used to doing like capital J journalism, and they want all like opinions and stuff like that. But there's one other writer for him. His name's Andrew Miller, and I don't know this guy from Adam, but um, he writes like a bunch of different stuff, and I'm like, oh, then I can just sneak in there and write a couple things. Every time Sarkeesian has a bad game, I can be like, hey, you know, we should have gone with somebody who's not an alcoholic, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, Who knows? But no, I mean, like, I hate that hire. I think that's an awful hire. They're 0 for 2, in my opinion, with these coaching hires in my, like, time caring about the team at all.
2: Well, they hired the same guy.
4: See, uh, I think Herman's a better coach, though. This is where I'm at. I think Herman's a better coach. I think Sarkeesian's a better motivator, like when it comes to like in locker room, on the field type stuff. But neither one of those guys is a guy that I'm like, oh, I could see him raising a championship at the the end of the year. You know what I mean? Like Matt Campbell, Iowa State's never going to be that team, but I can see him at the end of the year holding up the trophy. You know, Lincoln Riley hasn't done it yet, but I can see him. I can visualize him holding up the trophy at the end of the year. And I think that's part of it. You know what I mean? Just like
0: sounds, I can now that you say it, I can definitely visualize what you're saying about like Sarkeesian holding or Tom Herman holding up a natty.
4: Exactly. Like it just it doesn't click with you. And maybe, you know, I thought about that way with Jimbo for the longest time, then you won at Florida State. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong on that. But I'm just like, same with Ed Orger on last year. Like before Orgeron had that team, you probably aren't closing your eyes when you're going to bed at night thinking, like, oh, I can picture this dude who could be a shrimp farmer winning a national title. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, and then crazy stuff happens. So maybe, maybe Sarkisian can do it, but I just don't think he's in that Ooh. same class.
2: I just, I hate the argument with Sarkeesian. Oh, that guy's
4: like, timeout. Well, you- he
2: led the most prolific offense of all time at Alabama. Okay. Yeah. So did Kiffin before him. We all know that's bullshit. He's playing basically with 12 people on the field.
4: Well, and then you also have to think about this too, is that Sarkeesian was handed the best offense in NFL history in Atlanta. And then immediately that offense went from number one to like number 26. So I'm like, and I'm looking at it this way. Like I like winners. I like people who win. Even if that's a dude that won like multiple high school championships as like a recruit, I want that player versus a guy who's never won anything. Sark hasn't won anything. This will be the first time he wins something if Alabama wins tonight. You know? So I'm looking at it that way, too, is that this is not to do with a lot of pedigree when it comes to winning. And that matters. At least it matters to me as, like, a fan. And, you know, if they don't win, I think that's going to matter, too.
2: I mean, look at the this – guy, This guy's got to be ejected, by the way. Fuck. I don't know if you
4: – That's gone. 100% targeting. He's
2: gone. He'll- but, I mean, look at his head coaching record and. The college game, right? Like, I think the most games he's ever won was nine.
4: Yeah, I think so too.
2: He's he's proven he can recruit. Like, he did recruit a number one class at USC a while back when he yeah, was. But
4: that's USC. You know like, what I mean? But this is Texas.
2: That's Texas, right? Like, it's yeah. the same thing. It's a it's a big time state full of talent. They I mean,
1: both I mean, haven't been relevant since two thousand five. Well, coaches Texas even two thousand nine. But
4: how many coaches? I was, was- gonna say. I was gonna say, I was like, this has been relevant." They won a Sugar. Bowl. Texas like, hasn't been relevant
1: you're... since two thousand nine.
4: They just won a Sugar Bowl.
2: Just won a Sugar. Does three that
4: not count?
1: Years ago. That was three years ago. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I guess as as much as. But the problem with the they sugar bowl, any they didn't any, win any three lost teams <laughs> or the two problem, lost te-
0: The problem with the Sugar Bowl win is that they weren't there because they won their conference game or anything. They, they were there because they lost their conference game. And OU went to the playoff game. So I'm
1: not, but, but they were—they were never in the discussion to be in the title or in the playoff. They were no, never in hold that. Hold discussion. on
4: a second. But if Georgia—if Georgia, if Georgia would have won that game, would we say the same thing? Would be like, oh, it doesn't really count. Georgia wasn't in there, they, they weren't competing for a national. Well, title. I wouldn't was, say they were relevant, you know, but
1: but but there, half in. that season, half that season, Georgia was hey, they could win the championship, they were in the discussion. Texas was never in the discussion.
4: I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. They, I, I, they, I don't want to, I don't
1: want to talk about the who wanted to be there, who didn't want to be there, because mm-hmm. that's all bullshit and no one cares. I you
4: know, this um, is this is I was early on the LSU thing last year because they came to Austin. And the headline on Monday was Sam Ellinger was the second best quarterback on the field. And I said, is that a bad thing? Because Joe Burrow looked really good. Like that guy looked like he could win a Heisman Trophy. And then he did. And it just happened that that was the loss that Texas had. First game of the season. You end up playing a team that's probably one of the best teams of all time. You know what I mean? So maybe if you don't have that game, your whole season goes a little bit different. If you're Texas, I'm not going to make excuses for him because they've been excused out. Right, they, they don't have any more room for excuses. But at the same time, I think about the Longhorns just in general. And they got rid of Herman a year too early or a year too late. One of the two. But I don't think this was the year to get rid of him. Uh, between, all the, between everything that happened with that program, getting rid of him this year didn't make sense to me. And getting Sarkeesian does not feel like the right move, especially when he's going to be coaching against guys like Matt Campbell and Lincoln Riley, who are better coaches to me. It's just, so, I think,
1: I think Texas kind of dug themselves in a hole. They, they thought because getting rid of him and getting Urban Meyer would have been a great move. It would have been a home run hire. It would have been, you would have been saying, perfect time to get rid of Herman. So I think they put all those eggs in that basket. It didn't work out. And they said, well, crap, we can't keep him now. We publicly humiliated him. We can't whoa. keep him. But
2: then they publicly backed him.
1: Yeah. Oh, backed him. That was the weakest. That was some of the weakest AD backing then I've why seen. The,
2: the, then that's my whole problem with the process. He, The only reason he put that out was because it was a week before early signing day. Yes. Which is chicken
1: shit. <laughs> you That's the get that's business, class. though. No, that's terrible. That's the business. Everyone yeah. does it. That's terrible. Uh,
0: shit, I don't remember what I was going to say.
1: If your favorite team did that, you would be saying, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You can't bury the program to be a nice guy.
2: Yeah. I don't know. So, oh, I, to I was just saying the, say,
1: the
0: problem. The reason that Herman got fired is nine. Is I, I, Patrick
2: Certain can't catch, he's not going top 10 anymore.
0: Why wow, you're so
4: okay. far behind. Yep. Uh, oh, the reason no, the Herman reason got fired look, is- I'll break down for you the reason that Herman got fired. The reason Herman got fired is because they lost in four overtimes to Oklahoma, and you can't not beat Oklahoma consistently. Yeah, and, you know, if you're. Well, if that's you're why they're
0: Mack That's if you're why they
4: upset. And you're losing to stoops every other year. Okay, you are you're in a problem there. But if you can string together three wins, oh now you lost two years in a row, and then after 10 years it's six and four, five and five, okay, yeah, that's fine. But Herman's not consistently beating Oklahoma. And right. that to me is a big problem. And you know, at the end of the day, he's not gonna get a chance to beat Oklahoma again because nobody in the Big 12 is probably gonna hire this guy. Right. I think, I think I beating
1: him at- – I think right now beating Oklahoma 50% of the time would be good enough.
0: Yeah, so what I was getting at is that's not why he got fired. That's why – um, what I, or that's why he got fired. What I'm about to say is this is why they decided to go with him this year, go pull it this year. When mm-hmm. I agreed this was – they weren't – There wasn't – if you're not getting Urban Meyer, which I think they – with all the talking they did and all the reading I, I've understood is they knew – They've known for a while they weren't going to get him. um, Is that A and M was number five in the playoff and kicking their ass and recruiting? And what the guys that A and M didn't get that Texas wanted, OU was getting. So between Lincoln Riley, competitive—I mean, just year after year, just—and even the years that they don't beat them, it's a close game, and they—and when they shouldn't be a close game, Lincoln Riley and Jimbo Fisher are wide. Tom Herman didn't get the next year that he needed. I I personally think you should get four full recruiting classes before they pull a, uh, a I don't think I don't think
4: can. Jimbo I don't think Jimbo had any part of it. I, I don't think A&M they're not on the schedule, they're not playing them, you know. I don't think that matters to Crystal Conte. I think the Oklahoma thing is a good point. I think the fact that Matt Rule before he left was looking really good Building Baylor up, and I think Matt Campbell building up uh, Iowa State. I think those are the two, three guys who Del Conte looks around the conference and says. But I don't think Jumbo Fisher and A and M had any part of it.
2: I I disagree, just from a recruiting standpoint. A and M is Texas's biggest recruiting uh, rival. I see, and I don't think that. I think that, like, if you want, if you look at the two recruiting classes this year, you have A and M squarely in the top 10 fighting for a top five spot and you have Texas hoping to hold on to a 20 top 20 recruiting class And but, a lot of those were head-to-head wins
4: but what I would do is I would look at the entire time Jimbo's been there right that's what I would look at not this singular season but the entire time he's been there and I, I think the AM is in that conversation with Ohio state, LSU, Alabama, all the big name programs that come into the state and pick out guys. I think they're in that conversation, but I wouldn't say that Texas V a and M is a real reason that Herman loses his job. Even if we want to go down to recruiting, like which I think would be the basement level of the argument. I, I just don't see it. These two teams are not playing each other anymore. It does not matter. You know what I mean? Like, that we, if we want to act like there's a rivalry there, we can. But to me, there's not anymore because the two team, teams don't play, I, so I it think, doesn't matter.
2: I think you're discounting it though, just because they don't play, right? You're constantly they, fighting for position in the state, they, in the see, eyes,
4: in that, the eyes a,
2: of the recruits.
4: That's a false narrative, and it's been a false narrative for a long time. That, and I, I bring this up to my AM alumni friends all the time. I say before Johnny Manziel. If you got a writer from Wisconsin, a writer from Washington, a writer from Boston and said, Hey, point at college station on a map. They probably couldn't, you know, sure, like they a really good job of making A&M a national brand. Yep. You know, in 2020, I think more people know where college station, Texas is, but I still don't think that it's nearly as a flagship program as a team like Texas. Like, I still think Texas is the face of, longhorn football like the longhorn no, program right. is the face of texas football nationwide internationally no, no. And there's yeah. a reason
1: there's a reason that tom herman could still recruit so well with what the product he was putting on the field at times because of that national brand which yeah. is why i think the reason i think he got fired is because when he was recruiting well it didn't translate to wins all the time that so is as soon it. as the recruiting as that soon as the recruiting it. fell down as soon as the recruiting fell down there was no reason to keep him also there goes smith again no reason to keep him anymore if he's
4: not Touchdown. recruiting. He, that he, he struggles to win with recruits. Worst player development I've ever seen in college football.
2: Also, before this whole thing started, and right before Ohio State kicked the field goal, I got Ohio State uh, plus nine and a half. So we're now Ohio State fans, boys.
1: Yeah, you're not winning that one.
0: Uh, uh, Wade Devont- can't Wade can't Smith cover Smith. Gonna, is Devontae Smith going to have 300 yards receiving? I don't if need Wade to
2: cover Smith. I need Ohio State to keep up.
1: If you,
4: <laughs> if you keep one.
1: leaving Wade on an island, it's going to be like that.
4: He's over I came one. on here and I told you, boys, 250 is my prediction right now. I, I think, think you're low. You're, yards. I think you're low. You might be <laughs> low, and I thought you were crazy. Yeah. No, it's it's looking. What's it's he looking at like
2: now? 190? He's 168.
4: 168. If, uh, if yeah, gets, you're low. If he gets two hundred before halftime, do you sit him in the second half? If or if uh, Alabama takes a two score lead, or do you keep, no? You just keep riding yeah. him, okay? Why well, you would, keep riding Wade it, or you it, keep riding Smith? It's Smith?
2: Smith, it's their last game.
1: Oh yeah, you just keep running him out there until you. I don't think it, I think it's got to be like five scores before you sit the starters. It's the national championship game.
2: It's the last game until Devontae Smith says I refuse to continue playing this game. You keep throwing him out there.
4: Okay, all right. Can we talk about Jimbo Fisher now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love to. We love Jimbo. Where were we? How did we feel when North Carolina took a lead in that playoff or in that bowl game?
0: That was the first time I thought we had a chance to lose. I didn't think we were going to lose at all until that moment. There goes. I the...
2: really wasn't ever concerned about the game cuz if you watch the A&M games this year,
4: I have. I have. It's, it's A&M. been
2: A&M, play them you? tight, play them tight, play them tight, control the clock. Wait for a mistake, right? And that's some been- some and
4: would it. argue that's playing down to your opponent.
2: And I disagree. I don't think it's playing down to your opponent at all. This is the Nwante Smith touchdown. Let's fucking go. <laughs> it hit in the first half. Let's go.
0: Uh, where were you? <laughs> um,
2: damn, I don't even care anymore. But so, um, so, no, I don't think it's playing down to your opponent at all. I think it's playing to the team's strengths. The team's strengths were defense and game control right we understood how to control the clock control the game and that's what we did and we relied on our defense to preserve leads and to widen leads close. right
4: yeah because mond wasn't the guy that was going to be my follow-up question how excited are we that mond isn't going to be suiting up you're
1: on, on the you're on the wrong on the podcast, wrong for that podcast really really on the wrong we're podcast, all kellen
4: mond fans here interesting why wouldn't so, we be he just so, so nine i think and one because I've seen average quarterbacks go eight and two, nine and one. We're, and we're,
1: we're not going. I'm not. We're not here to say that Kellen Mond is like a future NFL star. He was
4: no one of He's the a great quarterbacks. We're not going to say he should have been. Yeah, hockey. he'll get. He'll get drafted in
1: the he fir- He'll get drafted in the fourth round, probably. Mm, okay. Um, I'll go later, but okay. He'll get drafted. We're on that train, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying he was a star. I'm saying. For what we had and what we were dealing with in the program, he was what we needed. He was what we needed. He led AM from seven, eight wins a season, getting embarrassed at, against UCLA to a nine and one yeah. New Year's Six championship. And then and then UCLA game was not his fault. He's a true freshman first game. The defense just disappears. Shout, Shout out,
4: out Josh Rosen. He's my guy since then. I love him. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, And now he's probably just recording podcasts the same as us. That's all he does.
0: He's now. on the
4: practice squad for the 49ers. <laughs> Dude, we should get Josh <laughs> Rosen
0: on the podcast and tell him how we met his godparents at the bar that night.
1: Oh, that would be a good story. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not we're not here to say that Kellen Mond is a amazing quarterback or a great. He is. A, he was a very good SEC quarterback, and he was what we needed at the time.
4: Is he better than Bo Nix?
1: Yes. Yes.
4: Yes. See, I'm watching very that Auburn game players, though. Very similar players. Yeah. And that's a problem to me. So I'm watching the Auburn AM and game and the entire time I'm thinking like, oh, this is an AM team. All right.
0: I got the wrong bow. I was thinking of. Uh...
2: Bo Wallace.
0: Yeah. About how like Bo Wallace was like either really good or, or he was kind of hit or miss. That's what Kellen was before this year. I think Bo-Nicks I think is the Kellen... same way. <laughs>
1: I think I think Kellen is Bo Nix with more game. Like Bo Nix is just very like, I do what I can, and if we lose, ah, you know what? Like Kellen has more heart than him. I think I don't watch as really? much Auburn, but that Kellen is, plays with so much heart.
4: That is more something heart that than I anyone not, I've ever that, seen. That's an adjective I would not use when speaking of Kellen Mond. Was then That's, then you're not watching the same game. Doesn't as
2: doesn't us. You're just watching his, his facial heart. expression. You're not uh, watching fashion, his game.
1: He's heart. he's stoic. He's stoic, but he's playing balls to the wall every play.
4: See, I, see, this is my deal. Is that there have been so many good SEC quarterbacks that have come through in the last I don't know nine years, ten years, that when I like think of those really good ones, and then I think of the good ones, Kelamon does not stack up to me. Like Kalimann, he's with, team, with the good ones. Hmm.
2: He's with the good ones. With the good ones. Kelamon
4: on his best day is Dak Prescott on his worst day. When he I'm was not at, saying he's Dak Prescott. State. Dak
2: Prescott's an all Dak Prescott's an all pro.
4: No, I, I'm saying when he's at Mississippi State.
2: <laughs> That's fine. Dak Prescott was all SEC. Dak Prescott was an All American. Dak Prescott was in the Heisman contention. Dak Prescott took Mississippi State to the number one AP ranking one week.
1: Yeah, so like if you're doing if you're doing tiers, Dak's in the S tier. There's no doubt he's in the S tier of, of SEC quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you have the A plus tier with with you know guys that weren't quite Heisman level but were damn good quarterbacks. And then and then Kellen's in the the A tier. Is in the B-plus good
2: care- tier. Like who would you put in the good category that you described? You said there was very good, and then you said there was good.
4: Yeah, I think I think a guy, and I don't want to. This isn't disrespectful to to Kellen Mond, but I I really do think. Um, what was the name of that Old Miss quarterback? Bo Wallace? That, not Bo Wallace. The guy before him. The guy that was the guy that was there just Chad a couple Kelly? years ago. Chad Kelly. Yeah. I would put him and Chad Kelly in that similar type of like. Except can this guy win me the Kellen game? Kellen Mon doesn't do drugs. <laughs> you don't know that. I'm just I'm just saying that when Kellen Mond takes the field every single week that I that I watched him, it never felt like this is a guy who I can count on to win me the game. There's the they're gonna win and they're the question mark they're gonna win and in that UNC game I thought it all really came the, the storm really came together for me because that was a UNC team that they should have run off the field. That was a UNC team that that should not have been a game for as long as it was. Yeah, the Am should have won point that point game pretty yeah. handily. and I, they didn't and I looked at Kellen Mon thinking to myself, is it on you or is it on jumbo? because one of you guys isn't on the right page here with how this game should be going to me.
2: And see, I think the piece that you're missing is the receiver core. I think the receiving core, I've been shitting on them all year. I don't think, I think they hampered Kellen Mond's success this year. They cannot get open. Kellen Mond has to throw them open. And then when he throws them open.
4: He's not good enough for that.
2: No, he, he has thrown them open. And at times when he throws them open, they can't adjust to a ball and go get the ball. Our receivers were absolutely incapable of getting separation. Our top two receivers this year were a running back hybrid player, and I.S. Smith, and our tight end, Jalen Weidermeyer. Our two outside receivers were absolutely incapable of getting
1: open.
4: Doesn't it always feel like A&M, that they always are missing like one piece? Yes. Don't, don't don't get me started. Well, it's no, either- I
1: think I think the missing one piece is new. I think it used to be missing a lot more than one pieces. Right. Yeah, I, I just think to- back.
4: I just think back to the Johnny Manziel years where it was like they've got a good wide receiver core. They've got a great really wide good quarterback, core. They've got an okay running back situation and the offensive line really wasn't there, and the defense what? wasn't there.
2: No, the offensive line. Oh, no, the my
4: offensive line, God! In
1: 2012, especially, Jesus. Devontae
4: Smith. Hold
2: on.
1: Yeah.
4: In the
2: Johnny years, we had five starting offensive linemen. Four of them were first-round picks and another one still playing in the league.
0: So in 2012, we didn't have a kicker. That's that's why. Yeah, that play. was the other thing. But no
1: there wasn't a lot. Yeah, there wasn't a, a lot of mitt holes in the 2012 team. They no. They just didn't if, come together were, early. Then why
4: weren't they winning? Devontae Smith! Oh, my God! Team, God.
1: The 2012, 2012 team
0: won. We, we lost two games mostly because of our kicker. And
2: if if, if Taylor Bertollet made kicks, we were national champions that year.
1: I mean, they went they went 11 and two. I mean, that we sounds like winning. What bowl game, game did they his First game.
4: We, we blew Duke, right? out
1: OU. No, they beat oh. OU by like 30. Right. We blew right. Them out.
4: It was the second year that they beat Duke, and yes, it was like right. a comeback. That
1: that team had no defense. That defense struggled. Yeah.
4: That hey, defense was. But
1: the terrible. first year, the first year there wasn't a lot of holes in the team. We lost kicker. to Florida in the very first game of Johnny to
2: Florida by four points in the first game of the career. And the
1: And we lost to LSU when our kicker left nine LSU, points on the board. So
2: we missed three field goals and an extra point.
0: Hey, uh and lost
2: by four.
0: Shout out to Boys at one team one pod, Woody. They said that you should have taken a a, a, a teaser for Devontae Smith over four and a
1: half touchdowns. Fuck! <laughs> hey what's the did anybody get a bet for him over 300 yards nobody hold on let
2: me find a live bet for his yardage because i'm taking Oh, well it. he's
1: at 215 right now jesus this <laughs> your, two, your 250 is easy money andrew
2: hold on is this the greatest college wide receiver that we've ever witnessed because the answer is yes. talent wise or season Us. wise season wise Us. oh like, the like in our no. life <laughs>
4: like yeah what? Yeah, it's not close. He just won the Heisman, so that's a pretty that's a pretty easy but one. It was
2: also a down year in the Heisman race.
4: That's also was true. it though?
2: Yes, Trevor Lawrence played seven games. Justin Fields played six. Mac Jones, okay, was...
1: fine, fine. Andrew, take take the Heisman trophy out of it. His stats are just oh no, I'm not. I'm the biggest no, no, no. proponent I, of Devontae. I, I want
4: to hear. I want to hear this because I think he's really good. I really like it. I, I have just been arguing Chase Devontae Smith for Heisman
2: since like week eight. I think he should have won. Yeah. Period. I think he would have won against a lot better competition for the Heisman race. Like if Trevor Lawrence would have played more games, if Justin Fields would have played more games, things like that. We also didn't have the kind of. I guess Devonte Smith was that guy in term in that ter- in those terms, but the guy that kind of came out of nowhere, like the See, Jameis Winston, the Johnny Manziel, uh,
4: the Joe Burrow,
2: the Joe Burrow, the Lamar Jackson, the guy that like.
1: Was on no I would argue that Kyle Trask was that guy.
4: I guess I would say the deal with the Heisman, and I've said this for a while, is that it's the most outstanding college football player, right? It's the guy who, at the end of the year, this is the most outstanding player. And last year, it made sense for Joe Burrow to win it. This year it was a no-brainer. Devontae Smith was the most exciting player in probably sports this year. Like in 2020, I would argue that he probably had the most exciting. Just excitement around it, you know. It would be probably between him, maybe LeBron. That's about it. The guys that like I would tune into just to see that guy because he's so good. So I don't know. That's where I would have him.
1: Yeah, it's. I thought it was a no doubt, a no brainer Heisman too. I mean, unbelievable season by receiver. It was the Heisman outlook.
0: Isaiah Spiller,
4: really. (laughs) No, 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 you will no, not see no, a Heisman in Jimbo's no. offense. There's too uh, much.
1: Um, I didn't think James win one?
2: <laughs>
1: That's true. Winston he did.
2: James did one in the greatest uh, in college football history.
1: Okay, the quarterback. Sure, you have a chance. Definitely not running back because we run too much of a committee.
4: Mm. But yes, is, dude, the, I, is the backup running back better than the starter?
1: <laughs> He's fucking Maybe. good. He's really good. Because
4: that two, that was another takeaway I had was I was like, where was this guy all year? Like that guy right. was incredible, and he ran with so like so much passion. Like you talk about passion versus heart, he ran with both of those, and it was like he hit the hole and he ran. Yeah. And who
1: freshman too? Yeah,
4: All right, it, there may be like seven guys like that in college football. Yeah, so just good. doubled
2: up. Just doubled up. I got Ohio State to score the last points of the game in a backdoor cover. Let's go, plus one hundred, baby, plus one hundred.
4: Why do you take these awful bets? Did There's you get the nine and a half? Mm-hmm. Okay. I
2: got them nine and a half.
4: And you think they're going to cover?
2: They're going to get a backdoor
3: cover with my last score of the game. Did any of y'all seriously think Ohio State would win this game? Absolutely no. not. No. I didn't think so either. I, had them, I think I had them about a 14-point uh, lead by Alabama, but it's honestly going to be worse than that.
4: Yeah. yeah. I, I thought. I thought there was a chance when Justin Fields was – carving up Clemson and then all my like I was telling these guys all my friends picked Ohio State to win and cover and I knew that they weren't going to do that because my friends are idiots so that's that's what I knew Alabama was going to win
3: what what information were they getting on that one I I have no idea how you get that
4: so uh partially I think that they just want to be the type of guy who is like ahead of it they want to be like on Monday oh, or I should say on Tuesday oh look Ohio State covered and they won and stuff like that because nobody thought Ohio State was going to be Clemson you know Like Mm -hmm. Clemson was a pretty good favorite in that one. And um, here we are. So I think they were just trying to be contrarians and they they were wrong. So we love to see it.
3: We all have those friends. They're paying the ass. (laughs) (laughs) My shortest TD bet hit.
1: I got it for under one and a half yards. The one yard Najee Harris. Let's go. Uh, I didn't didn't even know that was
3: a prop. I didn't see that one. So let me ask
4: you. Are you, do you take like, I don't know, a hundred bucks, chop it up into 10 bets and then just sprinkle them? Or are you one of those guys that's like, Hey, I just got a paycheck. Let's see how quickly I can burn through this. What type of yeah. game are you?
2: Well, I'm kind of in between, like I said, an amount and then I decide from there.
4: Nice. Nice. I'm that's not, good.
2: I'm not going to throw $10 a bet. Cause you don't get
1: anywhere with that. You yeah, and, then, and then the amount is however much his fiance won't notice. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, it depends on the game. Like, so some of them are really stupid prop bets that are just obviously hooking you into betting them. Mm-hmm. And, and you got you to gotta know which ones those are. And then sometimes it's just Vegas. Like, we always got into this on our podcast every, at the beginning of every year, especially in the non-conference games. There are some big, obvious games that they miss in college football every week in Vegas. For whatever reason, they just flat out don't see them. So I kind of look for those typically and go from there, and then when it gets into these games, any kind of prop bets are just more fun or, you know, more or less just fun.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, most of these prop bets that I bet were just bullshit to keep me interested. Exactly. Because that's what's fun about watching a game about two teams I could give a fuck less about.
0: So that's the the voice of Corey. We got him coming in from Big Big 12 Country Podcast. Welcome in, Corey. Sorry I didn't give you a better intro right Oh, no, man,
3: it's cool. I didn't want to interrupt y'all. Y'all was going good. I know how it is, so.
0: Uh, sorry, And then Andrew Zimmel didn't get one either. We just kind of hopped in with him and just kind of was so. But uh, (laughs) Zimmel, you can stick around for a little bit if you want. Corey, uh, what do you think about this game so far? Oh, wait, hold on. Were you the one that I was messaging when I was drunk in Vegas? Yes. Okay.
3: Yes, that's me. I um, I run the Big 12 Country uh, main handle Uh, 99.9% of the time. If you're talking to somebody on there, it's me. Okay. Um, I am the host of the podcast, not by choice, but because I drew the shortest straw, pretty much. Yeah. Um, they uh, we, When we started this, it was me and three of my friends. It was about 2014, 15 ish. Uh, the Big 12 at the time was getting absolutely murdered on a national landscape. You know, they won't. If you guys remember, then the narrative was they'll never make it as a conference. You know, they don't. They won't make enough money with these 10 teams, et cetera, et cetera. And I just thought, you know what, we could do a better job of doing filling in, you know, this big gap that they're putting around the conference than what they're doing. So it literally was just uh, me and three of my best friends, and we decided to do it and take off. And four years later, for some reason, people are listening, and we're doing okay. So yeah.
1: So do you have a team, or are you a uh, uh, unbiased uh, st- bystander for it? I'm
3: an Oklahoma fan. Okay. That's what we're, so- we're built on. We're built on nothing but fans. Uh, it was originally started with me, another OU fan and two OSU fans. Uh, and now it is, I, you know, we have team accounts. Now there's roughly, depending on the year, uh, anywhere from 15 to 21 of us involved um, that run all the accounts and everything. And we have the guys come on the show sometimes, but we have people from Florida to West Virginia to Texas, to uh, Kentucky, to Kansas, just depends on the year. Uh, usually, I mean, we have our kind of our core 10 or so guys, but we usually try to bring in college students uh, every year or two that are kind of wanting to do this for a career. Say, hey, you can come in and kind of run the handle, write stories for us, that sort of thing, uh, and then go from there. So that's kind of the way it's grown.
2: So this just got a little more interesting. We have three A&M grads, a Texas Rider, and an OU fan.
3: Yeah, I saw one of y'all was an A&M fan. I don't know which one it was I was talking to earlier. But- All three of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Gig them, baby. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, I'm here
0: – the number one reason – okay, the number one – two reason, the number one reason is to kind of get an Oklahoma and a Big 12 fans take on like just kind of the game tonight and everything. Number two is when we were in Vegas, I got a little bit drunk and ran my mouth a little bit about the Florida and the uh, – uh, Oh, the Florida
3: OU game, yeah. Yeah, the
0: Florida OU game. I don't remember what you tweeted, and I said something dumb. And then I was like, man, I'm an idiot, but I am I already said it. I got to roll with it and stick to my guns. And then Florida, regardless of who they were missing, laid an egg in general.
1: Well, so, they didn't show up. The, the The whole team decided that they didn't want to play football and they got their asses fucking kicked for it.
3: Yeah. Well, the problem I have, and this is the problem I've run into running this in the last few years, is Oklahoma has been on top in this conference since I took this over. So we waited about a year to kind of reveal who are – Loyalties lied when we started this because we thought, well, we'll kind of earn the trust of the fans and then we'll kind of let that out, you know. Um, and I've, you know, I've never not been on, like, for example, when OU played against Army a couple of years ago and looked like shit, I trashed them. I mean, I had no problem yeah. doing it. Um, so that was kind of like how we had to set that standard of, hey, we will attack our teams. Yeah. But the problem I have in an instance like this before it is no matter what I say, it's going to look like a Homer thing. I 100% thought straight up Oklahoma was the better team by about a touchdown, regardless who they had out there, who they didn't. And that's not taking anything away from the season Florida had. I know they had a great season.
4: No, take it away. Take it away.
3: But I just – I genuinely believe and, – and this was totally a reverse of what we've seen from Oklahoma in playoff games recently. Oklahoma has been the one-sided team that couldn't play defense, that couldn't do anything. To me, that's what Florida was. It was a very good offense and a mediocre at best defense. And this was an Oklahoma team that it was by far the most complete team we'd seen in eight to ten years. Uh, and going forward into this season will be the most complete, most talented team they put out there since the 2008 game against Florida. So, I mean, it's, that's how big of a difference this Oklahoma team is compared to recent ones.
4: So I want to throw the grenade in here, and, you know, I'll do it early here. Which team was more deserving of the four? Because clearly Notre Dame didn't look that good. So should it have been OU or the beloved uh, Fighting Aggies? Who, who do you think was the more deserving team to be the four?
3: Well, deserving is, that's hard for me because it's they. there's two equal things there. One, Oklahoma has two losses so in my opinion they blew their shot but you also, they clearly honor conference titles and a didn't even play in their conference title game so for me, that's very hard to say one is better than the other um, I would probably <clears throat> excuse me, give more credence to the conference title with one team because that was more recent versus Oklahoma's loss being all the way back in September their second loss so to me, they were currently the champ, had the better win as of late, versus an A&M team that didn't even play in the conference title. So I personally would lean Oklahoma. But I honestly, if you ask anybody, I wanted A&M over Notre Dame or Ohio State. Um, I, made so, that known, I made that known several times. I didn't agree with Ohio State being there of only playing five games. Um, and I really just was not that impressed with Notre Dame at all. But at least they played for a conference title. I have to give them that.
2: And got shit canned.
3: Oh, yeah. No, they did. No, I'm not denying that at all. But I'm just saying at least they were in that game versus – if you're trying to make an argument over deserving, obviously they make a big deal out of these conference title games. So, Which gets into a whole other thing, why I'm totally against the AQ qualifiers. I want to see at most six, maybe eight teams, but I don't believe in the AQ qualifier. Because in a year like this year where you have Oregon – that absolutely just backed into a Pac-12 title game and beat a USC team. You know that would have been a team we would have let into a playoff in that scenario, and I don't agree with that. I don't think
0: I have been banging I, this drum. Non-AQ18 playoff is where we need to stay.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, I don't. I don't agree with it. You win your conference title, you automatically get in. But they really hold those a lot of weight with those. So
2: I guess like the counterpoint, and I'm not even arguing because you made great points. Just the counterpoint from an AM perspective is you said OU's last loss was in September. Mm-hmm. a ms last loss was week two, right? I don't know. I'm not so, saying
3: that. I'm saying like if you're wanting to compare these two teams uh, and what they've done here at the end of the year going forward, kind of comparison team by team, OU's conference title was more recent. The one plus you give them that A&M doesn't have not necessarily that their loss was further back or worse than a and
4: probably didn't explain that very well.
3: Yeah. But, you know, let me all, ask you in retrospect, let Go me ahead.
4: ask you in retrospect here, what was Oklahoma's best win versus A&M's best win? Cause that's another thing the conference or the committee kind of takes in ways the best win versus the worst loss.
3: It would have to have been, I mean, pretty easy answer for me is the, the conference title game against Iowa state. I and mean, that's, they're a top at the time, top tennis team. You know, they're you only had a couple, one loss and you knocked them off. So, I mean, you know, that, that's that's pretty. Uh, it's hard to really go up with a, a better win than that, to be honest. Yeah. And so A&M's I, would uh, be
4: Florida, the team that just yeah, got spanked by Oklahoma,
3: a full strength yeah. Florida with
1: everything to play for.
4: Okay. But okay. Right. But
1: but the, 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 the resume argument is not really what I want to get to because um, I don't think, I don't think, I, right. I think, I think OU's two losses was what kept them out. And rightfully so, you Absolutely. know, those games have to matter. Yeah. Um, really. But in my opinion, I thought Oklahoma was the hot one of the hottest and most dangerous teams in the country at the end of the season because mm-hmm. their young quarterback grew and they were a much different team than they were early. Hold on. It's so my question like is, you,
0: it's almost like we were talking about this earlier um, 2012 Texas. A- hey, yeah.
1: All right. Let me finish my point, asshole. Um, right. <laughs> so my question is how do you think that this Oklahoma team at the end of the season would have fared against Alabama?
3: You're asking me that?
1: Uh, everybody, but specifically you, yeah.
3: I think probably they lose by 10, 12 points at least. Okay. Uh, I don't see anybody
1: hanging with them. Let no, me reframe
3: that. I mean, I mean, Let me reframe that's an that. That's the optimistic side of it. I, I, they lose by double digits. Let's just put it that way.
4: I, wanna, I, wanna, I like that question. I want to reframe it. Ohio State was a nine and a half point underdog in this one. Would Oklahoma be more or less than that?
1: I think more.
3: More, but more. I don't think a lot more. I think like well, well it, it depends.
1: Is if if Oklahoma had beaten Clemson in the semifinal, I think it'd be then yeah. it would have been about the same. That, but uh, That's true. If,
3: that closes it. Yeah, because we're if we, this was a one-four four uh, matchup
1: and Ohio State hadn't beat Clemson yet, they probably would have been 13
3: 14. Yeah. Because see in my go into the playoffs before they happened. To me, there was only two teams. I thought to your point of how well Oklahoma had been playing. I thought there was two teams I would legitimately thought could beat Oklahoma. Without really any questions asked, and that was Clemson and, and um, Alabama. Clearly, Clemson probably not what we thought they were. Also, could have just had a really bad night. It's hard to do that on one game, but um, I I would have taken Notre Dame, A and M for. I would have taken any of them all day long and had no problem. Ohio State well, didn't the, scare me that much. The, so,
1: the damning thing, the damning thing for Clemson is that their conference went zero and six, zero and whatever <laughs> in the in bowl games. That hurts. So,
3: I've been saying
4: this going we, in. Since we did the realignment, we need to get rid of the ACC. That's a basketball conference only. Get rid of the football teams. Clemson, Dabo, Sweeney, even run. I hate the ACC. I'll, yeah. oh, I will be the first person to say this, that the year that Watson won the uh, national championship, they might not even deserve to be there because they won an ACC championship. Mm-hmm. Like, I That's absolutely bad, hate the ACC and, you know, with Mac Brown at UNC now, maybe they can kind of get some stuff together. If Florida State figures all their shit out, maybe they figure it out. But right now, the ACC, by far to me, only is not the weak. They, they aren't the weakest conference just because the Pac-12 exists. So if you yeah, have conferences but that it was matter, em- they are clearly the worst.
1: It was embarrassing for them because, like, was it NC State that lost to Ole Miss? Like, that was their one of their – Four best teams that got beat by one of the bottom feeders of the SEC. It mm-hmm. every loss hurt.
2: Yep. So going into the playoff, kind of backing up what you were talking, Corey, about you know, the teams that were on fire. OU is definitely one of them. Nobody wanted to play OU going into bowl season, right? Yeah. And the other one for me was Georgia, yep. right? Because They lost games when they didn't have their star quarterback in and other things like that, but their game still had to matter. So they, you know, they went and played Cincinnati, but to me, the way that OU handled Florida compared to the way that Georgia beat Cincinnati, exactly that kind of showed me something that that showed me what OU had, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Compared to the way Georgia played. And, And you could argue that Cincinnati was a better opponent than Florida that week, but it doesn't really matter. Like, oh, you came in and absolutely handled that them. Right. So.
4: Now I to mean, play I don't devil's think advocate here. Kyle Trask looked like shit. Kyle Trask
1: got exposed.
4: Well, that he looked awful. Kyle Trask uh,
2: got exposed without his two. Kyle,
1: playmakers. Kyle Trask had a bad day at the office. I think he's better than that. He that got exposed.
3: Questions I have for you guys. Whenever you're ready. Let's hear it. Cause I, I need questions. I need answers from outside of our, our big 12 bubble here. Um, do you one how much of that do you put on Kyle Trask versus the receivers? Because the second one, I could argue, maybe there was a misread between the two on where the receiver and the route were supposed to break. The other two, I thought, were flat out just Trask being bad. Secondly, yeah. how much do you think those players would have made a difference in this game? No, after seeing that that matchup, do you really think it was enough to say that they were better than Oklahoma or could have beaten them?
0: So that's why I wanted to bring you on because. After watching that, number one, I realized that some of that is Kyle Trask being used to being able to, like, if you go watch a, a lot of the highlight reels from this year, Kyle Trask, done, he didn't have to be real precise. He just had to be accurate because mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is going to go make that play, yep. and that one interception.
3: Like not, Watson to Clemson, same thing.
0: Yeah, so he he throws that ball up against OU and it ends up being a pick when normally Pitts makes that catch and it's an easy touchdown for them. Um, number two, I think some of it had to do with the receivers, because I mean, I mean, as much as I hate Dan Mullen, and he's a crybaby
4: bitch,
2: <laughs> worst loser of all time. Yes, so Davo
4: Sweeney exists. You can't say that when Dabble- no, no, Dan, no, Mullen-
2: Dan Mullen is by far a worse loser. No, it's but anyways, they,
0: they literally had guys that were practice squad, like not even scholarship players running wide receiver. Um, but at the same time, he made some terrible decisions and. I'll let y'all answer this in a second too. But after watching that game, I think – what was that? Was it the Alamo Bowl where they were like final score of like 78 to 74 or something like that? That's what I think would have happened in a a normal game. Because, I mean, he was still able to get down the field and stuff. He just made a bunch of turnovers and stuff. But they – even with the full defense that they were missing, however many guys, they weren't stopping y'all. So,
3: that's that's where i think you guys and i and it's totally warranted i'm not saying at it all it's not oklahoma has earned it for the last eight to ten years that's where i don't think people nationally understand how much better oklahoma's defense is and oh no they were
0: awesome. i i gained a lot of respect for them sure. even with them missing those guys i still gained a lot of respect for them but that offense was something else with Tony
3: and I'm not saying it's not but the 78 74 thing I can't quite get behind just because
0: that that was really Oklahoma's
3: defense is that much better and people just because I even had this question the other day from a guy on the radio asking me what Oklahoma needed to do better and I mean it's been obvious the last couple years they've been able to play defense on even an average level this defense has turned around so much in two years and is now getting 90 percent of it 95 percent of its players back to make a run with an i mean they're returning basically 17 starters this this coming season uh, so, so overall, overall a little overall. bit on the
0: 78 74 to
2: answer your question from my perspective i think OU was playing the best ball they've played all year mm-hmm. at that point and i think florida is playing the worst ball they've played all year at the back end of their season yeah Florida closed that season out like shit. At October the the they looked
3: unbeatable, or you know, in that top. They lost to
2: LSU, and you can blame it on a shoe all you want. They lost to LSU. That's tough. LSU was very bad. Mm-hmm. So when you when you look at the way the seasons went, right? OU was. I don't care who Florida had or didn't have. OU was the better team at that point in the year. Mm-hmm. Now, if OU and Florida matched up at the beginning of the year. I think Florida handles OU. Oh yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
3: they weren't right. But, so so it just
0: so good.
2: at the end of the year, I think OU was without question the better team. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't care if they have Tony. I don't care if they have Pitts. I think OU is the better team at the end of the year.
3: Yeah, which is why so, I, I mean, when people kept asking me, "Well, why do you think if this would have been head-on?" Head, I really don't think it would have mattered. I think Oklahoma probably wins by seven to ten points at least.
0: Would have been a very Oklahoma. exciting game.
3: If yeah, I, all, I think, it was a fantastic game. I was excited. When it first came down, I was ecstatic. But the only team I wanted to play more than that was a and that's just because right, – so I, that's team. what I was just I mean, about to say. We all wanted it. When, yeah, when the, I, bowl I, game, the only team I wanted more than, than Florida was to play a
4: So, and hold I, on. After watching UNC play you guys close, do you still – would you still have wanted Oklahoma? Now yeah. the season's over. would yeah, want yeah, so Okay. 100%. I, I,
1: I'm, I think when the bowl – um, a alignment came out, I was disappointed. I wanted to play Oklahoma because I thought it'd be a fun game. I thought it'd be a close game, and it would have actually meant something. Like, you beat – even if even if you blow out UNC, or if you beat them close, it doesn't matter. It's going to be the same reaction that you have, you know, the same thing. So, I, that's why I wanted to play Oklahoma because it would have meant something. And for them, too, you know, beating a full-strength A&M team would have meant more than beating the crap out of Florida. Oh,
4: very I, much. I would take Oklahoma by two scores against A&M.
1: I mean that's, I I
3: disagree.
4: That's but. just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> One thing
3: I at is, is I and I got to see AM play full blown probably five or six times this year. I just never was blown away by their offense, but I would be interested to see it, uh, like in a game against our guys, because I have, it's hard for me to scale that. I would say
1: I would say that's team kind of the team point team. of this offense is to just pound the rock and
3: run be new, you be know, unimpressive
1: and yeah and.
4: Come close to losing, scoring. lose a lead, fight that, back. But you yeah, know. know, normal
3: normal stuff. When you're playing against guys of equal or higher caliber, it's not always going to be – sometimes you have to make explosive plays to tie a game or – Which get is guy what
0: guy. happened in the Orange Bowl. So that that, that's what I think is
3: interesting. Hey, interesting.
0: I got a question about Lincoln Riley because he did this a little bit in the uh, Cotton Bowl but not as much. But he had, does he have a tendency to kind of take his foot off the gas?
3: Yeah, it's it's been a problem. It's I mean, where it reared its ugly head the worst was the Georgia game, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's I want to say it's starting to kind of get a little better, but it's still not great. Um, and and the thing I have the biggest issue with, like for example, it's it's not what necessarily a lot of people would call taking their foot off the gas because like in the game against, um, oh, it was Iowa State. Uh, he hit in the third quarter in the in the in the pack in the Big Twelve Championship game. He kept throwing the ball. So he was throwing the ball a lot. Problem was you have Ramondre Stevenson back there who was averaging like seven yards of carry at the time, and they couldn't do anything to stop him. And your offense was easily just turn around and hand him the ball and you'd have been fine. So not necessarily in terms of he's not spreading it out and throwing it, but in my biggest issue with it is he's not running the offense that got him to that point, the offense and the game plan that got him to that lead in that game. He doesn't continue running that once they get a big league. And that's what's frustrating as a fan to watch.
4: Is Iowa State the best team in that conference outside of Oklahoma? Like, is that the team that you look at okay. and you say, like, oh, this is going to be the challenge for the next couple of years?
3: This year, yes. And that, and that's why I will say this. As much as you guys aren't gonna to like to hear this, Texas has some talent. If they can just get better direction, it's gonna be a problem.
1: What a so hot is Sarkeesian take. the guy.
3: They so is the... Sarkeesian the guy? Um I don't <laughs> I don't know that he is because personally, I don't think he's really any different than what they just had. But at the same time, I think offensively, he's a lot more uh, liberal with what he likes to do than Tom Herman. Tom Herman basically runs what I would call a pro style spread, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, it's very, um, it's hard. I was trying to think of how to explain it. it he sets his receiving routes and stuff up like a spread, but it's very much a, a power run game pro style offense. He doesn't li- really take shots like you typically see in a lot of the spread systems. Sarkisian is more creative and will do more of those things with those athletes. And that's where I think it could be the difference. And they do have really, really good potential playmakers coming at quarterback, receiver, running back. Obviously, Bajan, no secret. They do have more than they've had there in recent years at that. They are going to finally have a quarterback who can complete a ball 10 yards downfield, unlike Ellinger. So, oh, to top shot right there. He's the okay. most
2: overrated quarterback in my lifetime. Okay. There's literally no difference between Sam Ellinger here. and Kellen Mond.
3: I think there's no very, difference. I think he's but, a very good quarterback just, uh, in terms of, you know, most power five programs would so be lucky to have him. He's not good enough to win big games in a big school like Texas. He's just not. Um, I
4: know with Lincoln yeah. Riley, he would have won a Heisman. I, that, think what I, can... I think that's not a
3: fucking chance. Lincoln Riley would have taken advantage of it, just like we saw with, with um,
4: Hurts. Mm-hmm. Lincoln
3: Riley. That's the thing that people don't understand either. They haven't watched the program closely every single year that he's had somebody. He's kind of morphed the offense a little bit to fit their skill set. Definitely what he did for, for Jalen hurts. Um, part of the reason Trey sermon left, he didn't get near as many carries. Jalen hurts was getting a lot of those carries because that's what suited him. Um, and that's what he did. And he kind of morphed it back this year more for, for a, a passing quarterback. I think he would have been better under a guy like Riley. But overall, Ellinger is very limited. He just, in terms of a passing game and a quarterback, he's just not good enough. Unless you put him in a, in a program like Alabama where he's surrounded by five stars, then I think he's good enough to get it done. And even though Texas does recruit well, I mean, hell, I, I'll never forget. They go five and seven under Charlie, um, oh, what's his last name? Strong. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, he, they turn in a f- top five recruiting class that next year. I mean, it's just absurd. They fall out of bed and recruit whatever they want, but they don't have player development worth of crap the last seven or eight years. They haven't, they can't seem to get the boosters to stay the hell out of everything. They get in the middle of everything. Uh, they think it's like an ownership. It's like Jerry Jones and the cat. That's basically what the Longhorns have become. They become the Dallas Cowboys of college football. Uh, the only thing that's interesting is the circus that surrounds the team. Cause it ain't what the team's been doing on the field.
4: Um, so I thought they played Oklahoma good this year. I mean,
3: they okay. play Oklahoma good. Everyday. That's what's fun about that game. You can never take that game and base it on what either one of those two are going to do the rest yeah. of the year. It literally is its own animal. The whole cliche of throw the record books out the way. It, it's exactly what those two. It yeah. can be. Wait, hold up, Zimmel. You
1: spent earlier saying how all you care about is winning. Did they win the game?
4: No, they no. didn't. I'm just okay. Saying- so that's all that matters in your opinion, right? I am saying to the point that was made was that. Did like? Did they win the game? No, but it was it close. Yeah, that counts for something. You I mean, know, you said all you care about is
1: winning.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, you kind of fell asleep and let them walk back into it. And they were like, there, oh. that was also
2: very early in the year when Spencer Rattler was half the quarterback he is now. And
4: that's what I wanted to say right now is that I was really impressed by what Lincoln has done with Spencer Spencer Rattler, because this is the first guy that he's actually had to develop in any way. I think that Baker came in as a pretty complete product. Kyler, same way. Jalen Hurts, we saw him as a Heisman contender. Spencer's the first guy who Lincoln has actually had to, like, really, I think, change the way that he coaches to match Spencer. And you could see the development from week one to the champ- or the, to the conference championship. How much better Spencer Rattler was as a quarterback.
3: oh he definitely developed him and he grew him and he found his flaws and he corrected him. But we gotta stop this narrative that he doesn't develop hasn't developed any quarterbacks. Baker spent three years under him. Tyler was there for three years before he ever played underneath him. Uh, now Jalen, Jalen, he didn't really have a huge hand in, but I will say this: he did a lot of development for his passing game in a single season. So he does develop quarterbacks, but and that's why I always thought that was the dumbest narrative. Everybody kept telling, because the biggest Thing we took heat for is when we did our our preseason poll. We do where I pull everybody in Big Twelve country and we get our teams. Oklahoma was the favorite to win the conference again. Well, we started getting killed. Oh, they're losing so many play. Oh, so many guys have got to come back. Oh, they've got a new quarterback. This the point. Of the thing that people kept knocking Spencer for. Oh, they don't have a transfer quarterback for the first time. What's he gonna do? Okay, so your narrative is they're worse off because of the five star he hand selected is now the quarterback. Versus the transfer that he picked up from another school. That's the narrative you're going with. It like,
4: wasn't good enough. But I time. get that. Yeah, like, so, but, but you have to understand, like, I understand where those fans are coming from. Because it's a known commodity versus an unknown. Like, we know that Baker can play college football. We know Kyler can play college football. We know we Jalen. But, but with Spencer, did. a lot of those fans had never seen that guy take well, a snap.
3: We knew they had taken snaps in college. But the terms the suggestion, I would say this, Baker wasn't terrible as freshman year at Tech. Tyler was ugly at A&M. Like, there yep. was nothing about Kyler that impressed me the entire time he was yeah,
0: there. Yeah, he had no business being on the field.
3: That's what I'm saying, like, to suggest that a known commodity in terms of they've taken snaps as a college quarterback, yes. But to act like – people, people – if you guys will go back and remember, five or six years ago, transfer was a dirty word. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to transfer quarterbacks. Yeah. They were a commodity. They were this thing. You went, ugh, this guy's going here because he has no, nothing left to do with this school. It didn't become a thing until OU you started turning them into Heisman winners. So I mean, no,
4: and that you are a thousand percent correct there. But I just understand like where that fan comes from because it's the same thing in the NFL. Where I talk to these NFL guys and they say, like, I would rather have a guy like Sam Darnold or a guy like Carson Wentz, who I know can play at the NFL level. I know that there's something there with them, versus I don't know if Zach Wilson can play in the NFL. I don't know if Justin Fields can play. Like, I think he can play, but some guys don't. Some guys think he's a little too small. So I'm just saying that I understand where those fans are coming from when they say, like, I would prefer to have a transfer. Oh, now, there wasn't a transfer market this year for Oklahoma to pick from.
3: Of, well, he's never played, and we need to see that. There's some doubt there. But to assume, as many did, that that was the reason that Oklahoma was going to be terrible this year was just a but,
4: Hold on, though. You're saying be terrible. Like, come in third? Yeah, there are standards terrible like third, not- in the, third in
3: the
1: big 12 for them would have been a terrible season yes. they would have been pissed
3: yes third in the big 12 got tom
2: herman fired
3: What? it's texas
4: if, if it's all if baylor was third people would be happy like i'm just saying but if it's there's, there's level their standards the argument here. both
2: ways OU's won the big 12 how many years in a row now
4: six
2: yeah. six years in a row so to say that OU doesn't have as high of standards as texas is crazy
4: I, I'm not saying I'm not saying they don't have the same. I'm not saying they don't have a high standard. I'm just saying that coming in third in the Big 12 for a lot of people is fine. But not it's for Oklahoma, not for that's
3: OU in Texas, not for OU, which is why Tom Herman's not the coach there anymore. Bingo.
4: There's a lot of reasons why he's not the coach there. We've been over right. a lot of these. And the
2: big, so the biggest reason is because he finished third in the Big 12 this year.
1: He can't. So I want to go back into. One, uh, hey hey. <laughs> I want to I go back into the um, preseason OU talk because I had OU winning the Big 12, and, and I got a lot of flack from, from Andrew and Jordy about the unknown at quarterback. You know, they didn't, we hadn't seen him. We didn't know. And I was like, okay, every time a new quarterback starts, he's unknown. We haven't seen him. I'm going to trust the talent, the five-star talent, and the Lincoln-Riley effect. And it worked. I mean, it didn't start off great. You know, you go what, one and two to start the season, I believe. Yeah. And, but and in, in the end, it was right. He's 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 crazy talented at quarterback, and Lincoln Riley still has it. Apparently, he lost it or something. I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, and I, that's fair. And, I, and like I said, I understand the doubt, but the flack we took for – and a lot of it was from Texas fans, I ain't going to lie, um, because of what they had coming back versus what Oklahoma didn't have coming back. I understand the thought process behind it, but if nothing else, my biggest answer to them and everybody else is – until somebody else does it, I don't know how you go against Oklahoma. It's
0: like Alabama in the SEC. Yeah.
3: It's Ohio State winning the Big Ten, it's et cetera, et cetera. Like, until somebody else knocks this team off in the Big 12, I don't know what – now, you want to – in the playoff game, you don't want to pick them, fine. Even though I think if they make the playoff next year, it will be the best version that they've ever had in the playoff game so far. If you still want to go against them for all that history, fine. I totally get it. But in terms of them in the Big 12 – at least, especially in a scenario where you only have to be one of the top two teams to make it in this conference, you don't necessarily have to win a division. It's just hard for me to, to, to assume anybody else is going to be there until somebody else does it. Yeah. Also, that's right. how every so, conference
1: should be. There should be no more divisions and conferences. Yeah, it, it's, like it's bullshit.
3: I love this model. And I, I didn't yeah. know that I would. But now that we have it, I love it.
2: How, how close do you think Alex Grinch is to getting a head coaching job? Because he's got to um, be on a short list for a lot of programs.
3: He has. He's been getting calls. Um, as of right now, it, it's – and this is not necessarily one of the teams, but it's, it's the Utah states of the world that kind of – so it's it's not necessarily – and I think he knows – look, everybody who's a, a smart Oklahoma fan who's followed the recruiting, when Riley took the job over in 2017, everybody said four years. Everybody pointed to 2021. That's what it's going to take because everybody knew who's been close to that program how bad the defensive recruiting had been. I don't think nationally they understood it, but because, it, you know, they'd look at the recruiting ranking and go, oh, Oklahoma well, finished tenth this year. That's good. It was all offense, guys. Their recruiting defensively had gotten so bad. So everybody knew it'd be about four years to turn it around. I think inside the program, they know they're close and they know they're really close. In the, in the in the thing I get from people really close to the program, um, especially one that we have on the show a lot that let's just I mean gets paid for a living to cover the program t- talks to me, um, it sounds like they know how close they are to having a team that they finally can go make a national title run, um, and they want to try that first within reason. Now, if that's six or seven, I don't think he's going to be there that long. But over the next couple of years, I think he's trying to stick this out because one. They want to see if they can do it. And two, if it works out or if they even get close and he shows, I mean, y'all go look at what Oklahoma's defense was ranked just two years ago versus where they are now. It, it's already ridiculous what he's done in two years. Um, but he, he knows people are going to see that and you can get him on that stage with his defense against the Alabamas of the world and see what happens. I think that's when he knows the bigger opportunities are going to come calling, he's not stupid. so. I, I think he's there for at least a couple more years, but I don't think he's there,
0: you know, long time. Yeah. All right, guys, um, we gotta get on to our next guest and everything, Corey. And Corey, I hope you be willing to hop on again. I know it's a short time, but hey, hey um,
3: we- if you guys get a hold of me if you can give me notice that day sometime. I'll be here.
0: Okay, we really appreciate it, Zimmel. As always, appreciate it. Love.
4: Would love we hope to see somebody some over up here up. in the Thank you, bro. Yeah. All right, thanks for having me on, guys.
2: All right, we'll see you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Appreciate
1: it. See you all. Woo! Fuck. That was a lot. I, like, I like that uh, Big 12 country
0: oh, guy. Oh, yeah. He's oh. good.
2: He's fucking good. Yep.
0: Yeah. He's, the, he's the Big 12 guy I've been trying to find. Like, I've been trying to find somebody to come in from the Big 12 and give us a little... Uh... No, he
2: needs to be a regular.
0: But I was about... On the side, side of here' i am want
1: you take me home
4: Meeting is adjourned Oh, I am sorry, sir I didn't mean to overstep my bounds You say that What? Meeting is adjourned It is? No, you say that, governor What? Meeting is adjourned It is? Here, play around this for a while oh, Thank you, Eddie
3: is-
0: no, it's Ridley It is? is I've been gone for so long No it's-